Shalom, it's Carrie Miller. And Barra Lane, your National Young Leadership Cabinet 2021-2022 Impact Chairs. And welcome to the Hebrew Connect Podcast. We are thrilled to bring you an opportunity to get to know our Hevra, who we are and why we give. Hope you enjoy. I think when you're talking about our community, I think there is a lack of literacy about our history, about current events about Israel, about really so much, like even religiously, we're kind of like losing our understanding of of what it means to be a Jew and a people. Hello, I'm Zach Garber, a third year cabinet Hevre, and I'm so excited to have you on our most recent episode of Hevre Connect. Today, I have the honor and privilege of interviewing a close cabinet Hevre of ours, Eden Cohen. Eden is a fellow third year who is based out of LA and currently has started and runs an organization you may have heard of, A Wider Frame, which is doing, I think, some of the most impactful work in the Jewish world, the media world, in terms of tackling education information in a simple, easy-to-read way. So I am so excited to have Eden today. Eden, I think a great starting point would be just to learn a little bit about your background. Thank you, Zach. I'm honored to be here with you as well, and honored that you thought of me to do this. So thank you. So a little bit about me. I am from Pittsburgh originally, and actually, even though you say I'm in Los Angeles, and I am at this very moment, I have spent a big majority of the past two years in Pittsburgh as well, which so it's also home. And uh, that's where my family still is. That's where I grew up. I have a big connection to, to Pittsburgh still. I We actually bought a house there during, during um, COVID and right, right across the street from my brother. So it's... It's kind of like a little kibbutz that we started in downtown Pittsburgh. That is where I grew up. That is where my family is. That's where a big part of my heart is. I grew up in a pretty non-Jewish area, though I grew up living with my grandfather. He lived with us in the house after my grandmother passed away, and he was a Holocaust survivor. So that had a big impact on my life. Um And I stayed there up until college. I went to University of Wisconsin in Madison. Um, And then I moved to Israel, actually. And I'm kind of like, you know, doing this really quickly. But I I went to Israel on birthright after college. And I ended up staying there for several months while I applied to law schools. And I, I did several different things in Israel, totally random all across the board, but really fell in love with the country and, you know, just everything about it. Um, and that's really where I started getting an interest in, you know, you know, and Israel was definitely a big part of, of our family growing up. It was very important to our family. But we just like I didn't really know a ton about it. I didn't feel a super deep connection other than like we support Israel, of course. And so when I was there, I really, really just kind of became obsessed with learning everything about Israel's history, our history as a people, what's going on in the area, Middle East politics, Israel politics, 
and the land itself. I, I really didn't want to leave. I was devastated to leave, um, but came back to Los Angeles for law school. And I'm, I'm glad I did. Um, even though I, I still miss Israel every day and I'm still trying to figure out how I can be there for more time out of the year. So I came back to LA for law school and then stayed here and have practiced here entertainment law, really transactional like contract law and production and development for the past, I guess, almost decade at this point I've been practicing. That takes us up to today. And about two years ago, as you mentioned, I launched a Jewish media company called A Wider Frame, which reports on Jewish world issues, Jewish news, like what's going on in current events. But also we have a social media presence that has a history component, kind of a fun fact component, a combating misinformation component. Uh, and and so anyway, that's that's what I've been doing for the past two years is mostly Jewish content uh, online, Jewish newsletters, practicing law and, you know, some other random things like real estate investing on the side and that type of stuff. Great. Well, I'm excited to jump into all these different subjects um, and getting into what what was the inspiration, how you got into a wider frame. But I do want to tackle one other quick topic. Regularly, when I refer to friends, you know, there's a hyperbole. You say that they're they're a rock star. Well, when, when, Eden, when I say that you are a rock star, um, you know, I guess that is not such a hyperbole in terms of, you know, your husband, Drew. Can you just, and this is obviously a large part of your life in terms of travel, other things that, that, that partially define some of the things you're doing. So could you just share a little bit about what it is that, that Drew does? And then we're going to jump back in to focus on you. Sure, sure. Of course. That's funny. I, I'm sorry. I, I left him out of my life story there. Uh, I'm also married to an amazing person. Drew Brown, who is, he's um, in a band, One Republic. He plays guitar and he plays, he actually plays every instrument um, really that there is, um, but he mostly guitar for the band. So I actually met him before I moved to Israel, was in Israel, and we got together when I came back for law school. Um, so it's been, we've been together for almost 13 years, which is pretty wild. Um, but he's, he's amazing and his lifestyle luckily has not been too rough on us. We like, I've been able to travel with him and his band has really worked out a travel schedule that allows for family time. Um, and isn't, I mean, it wasn't that way for the first few years, but it is now. So, so I feel really, really lucky and the band is amazing. They're all incredible guys. I feel so lucky to be to be with him and to and for him to have such an incredible career with people who like especially considering the industry couldn't be cooler, nicer, like more down to earth people. Well, I'm a big fan of Drew, having met him personally as well as the music of One Republic as I'm sure many people in cabinet are. Uh, I'm curious how one goes from you know, being very much in entertainment music world, you were professionally uh, a lawyer in the entertainment world. Your husband is the lead guitarist of One Republic, and you transitioned from this to starting a Jewish newsletter. Can you just share 
why, you know, what was the inspiration? How did that happen? Sure. Yeah. As I said, um, in my brief life story, I grew up living with my grandfather who was a Holocaust survivor. Um, and he, he was the only survivor in his family. He lost everybody. Um, and he was a very like, you know, and I'm kind of like going, going back a bit to, to set the stage. He was very traumatized and depressed. Um, and, you know, obviously he was more than just the trauma and the depression, but that was a big part of, of who he was. And I think had a lot of survivor's guilt. And because, you know, we lived with him, it, it obviously it affected us greatly growing up. And between that and I also, my father actually, so my grandfather who lived with us is, is my mom's father. My father got really into um, educating about the Holocaust when, when we were young in his free time. And he actually has a, a large collection of like, basically, I don't know how else to say it other than describe it as kind of like a Holocaust museum, which is pretty bizarre and dark. Um, but he used to go around and teach around Pittsburgh to, to various classrooms, high school and younger, you know, age appropriate, obviously, about the Holocaust with his collection and with survivors. So that was a big, big part of my life growing up uh, was really like Jewish education and sadly, specifically around the Holocaust, um, as much as much of it is even to this day. So anyway, th this is a big part of my life. Since I lived in Israel, I became, you know, pretty current on what was happening at any given time, just really keeping, you know, keeping myself informed, reading the news every day. Um, this is something I was already doing every day. So if anything, if there, if there was any conflict at the time, or someone had a question about something, they would always come to me and ask me like what I thought about it or to like educate them, you know, on, on various topics in the Jewish world. Um, and it was just always, a, a, you know, a big, a big, big part of, of my everyday life as it was. So I had this thought one day, you know, I actually, I was out at an APAC gala with Tamara from, from our year in, in cabinet in Los Angeles. And we were having a conversation about, I think at the time, it was right around the time that Jamal Khashoggi was was killed. Um, and I'm, I'm not sure if everyone knows who that is. He was a journalist that that was murdered by the Saudi regime. And and that was huge news at the time. We were talking about that. And we were also talking about, you know, something that was much, much bigger as far as I'm concerned, not that not to downplay how horrible that was. But that like Iran just blew up 50 percent of Saudi's oil supply. And I don't think she was familiar that that had happened at the time or like, you know, I forget. We were just talking about how both were portrayed in the media and how one was super sensationalized in the other event. No one really knew about, even though it was a huge act of war. And I drove home that night and, and I called Drew and I was like, what do you think about like a newsletter, kind of like Morning Brew or like Daily Skim, an email newsletter every day that's just reports about Jewish news, but also like, you know, what's going on um, in the Middle East as well, or, or really anywhere that kind of has an impact on on Israel or kind of what's going on in, in big ways that will impact, impact Jews as a people. 
So and it kind of just grew from there. And I, I got to work. I called the website guy who does all of the One Republic stuff. And he helped me build it and build the MailChimp. And I learned how to do it. And I think kind of maybe like in a few months, I launched it. And it was it happened to line up with COVID, the beginning of COVID. So I, we were at home kind of doing nothing. I mean, other than work, my regular work anyway, but I had all this time, obviously, from just being in and trying to avoid the virus that um, I was able to launch it. When you think about the Jewish world today, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the work that you're doing in a wider frame. I read the newsletter. I uh, have followed the transition that you've made seamlessly to, to social media, which is such a difficult place to be able to share apolitical information in a way that's readily digestible. What do you see right now are the biggest problems facing the the Jewish world and, and kind of the news that's relevant today? Sure. Okay. So there's, there's quite a few things and it's, it's really hard to say what is the, the most pressing or the most dangerous or like with the ability to kind of attack us faster than the other thing. Uh, I think when you're talking about our community, I think there is a lack of literacy about our history, about current events, about Israel, about, you know, really so much, like even religiously, we're kind of like losing our understanding of of what it means to be a Jew um, and a people. So I think that is a huge issue. And that's one that I'm, I'm really attempting to tackle with what I'm doing is increasing literacy, like around current events, certainly, but also historically and you know, what it means to be a Jew and, and, and really kind of creating a community around that as well, because that's another, another big issue. And that is really why I joined cabinet, honestly, was I felt, you know, I live, we live in Los Angeles for the past decade it's has the large, I think the third largest Jewish population of any city in the world. I think it's like Jerusalem, New York, Los Angeles, Tel Aviv, right? It's a, it's has a huge Jewish population. And I just feel like the engagement and the community, it just, and it, maybe it's because I'm an outsider, but I felt like, you know, we're really, it's not just an issue with assimilation. It's, it's also that, we we really don't have an idea of of what's happening to us um, or or why it's happening and kind of a lack of interest because you know a lot of people just feel like they identify more maybe as an American than they do as a Jew. So I wanted to to find other like-minded people who really care about Jewish engagement and Jewish literacy and helping to solve the problems that we're all facing right now. How did you specifically get involved in the federation system and and cabinet? I understand why you got involved, but what what brought you to it and what is it that you're doing today other than just cabinet in the federation system? Yeah, yeah. I well, I kind of was like losing my mind at one point. Um and this is like it's funny it's now there like a lot of people have woken up from the latest conflict in Israel of last May of you know a lot of these issues but I think at the time like I was seeing a lot 
you know, I was seeing certainly the incidents of, of anti-Semitism that like was never being reported on by any news that anybody was reading except for me. So I was seeing all of these things every day and like, you know, like this is crazy. And also I felt, I really didn't feel like I had a great Jewish community at the time here. So I started to get involved. I actually got involved with um, this amazing um, this group called Soho Supper Club here with Dovi. But I think that I, I started to get involved with, with Soho Supper. And basically what it is, is it, it's kind of like a Shabbat dinner club, except it's not on Shabbat. It's usually like Thursday or Wednesday, a different day of the week. And you get together and you, you dress up, you go to someone's home and you talk about, we briefly discuss a Torah portion for the week. Um, and then also socialize and eat this amazing dinner and and meet these incredible people. So I met so I met this rabbi at one of the events. Her name is Sherry Hirsch, and she recommended that I look into cabinet just based on my interests and the fact that I like I've cared so much that I hadn't found this outlet or community at the moment yet, and kind of just went from there. I met I met Alexi, who is our federation professional, and fell in love with her. And I honestly, I wasn't really a part of the Federation before I joined cabinet, which I know is kind of a bizarre, a bizarre story. That's not the typical um, way into cabinet, but I'm, I'm really grateful that I went straight in. What does cabinet mean to you? What have you gotten out of it for somebody who's listening? You know, we have people who listen who are both in cabinet as well as people that are thinking about cabinet or alumni of cabinet. I think it would be great for you to just define kind of your cabinet experience and what you've gotten out of it. I've made friends for life. Certainly you are one of them. Um, I've I've really develop, been able to develop and of leadership skills. And, and it's really, it's not a place that I go for networking. And I know that's, but that is an element of it. Um, and whether, whether or not you want to network, there are people like Zach for you, you, for instance, will just like, you know, do whatever they can call you, try to help you in whatever way they can and connect you with whoever they can, just because, you know, you make these incredible friends and, and, and that's what they do. Um, but for me, it's really, it's a place, it's a place where I can go and feel understood and feel, and like, it's not just meeting one friend, you you meet like, you know, hundreds of people at once who are kind of in the same place, who really care about the Jewish community, who care about the Jewish future, who care about solving our biggest issues during the day, and also who you can go to. I mean, meet them for traveling. You go have a great time with them also. Um, and you learn about our history together. We learn about other issues facing our community or around the world that we might not otherwise understand or know about and figure out collectively how to solve them. And the, the, the work that we're doing um, together really makes me proud. We met for a panel on anti-Semitism and activism around what was going on in the world to to lobby, you know, to lobby to discuss the politics and issues around Judaism at a heightened time in DC. Maybe you could just share a little bit about what we did. Right. So it was it was after the May conflict when everything kind of exploded, 
And when anti-Semitism became much more visible to everyone who wasn't really paying attention, or maybe even if you were paying attention, I mean, it really like Jews were being beaten on the streets um, of our biggest cities. And I mean, it's still happening all of the time. But it's, uh, you know, from from the conflict in May, things really spilled over. And this was a this was a panel we had to discuss exactly what was happening and also try and figure out with with some of the greatest minds kind of in in the Jewish world right now and also with congressmen and senators to listen to us and and to kind of understand what we're going through and how we need to address it. I mean, how incredible is that so that we could get a group together in the middle of a pandemic and have several of our nation's politicians come and listen to us. One thing, you know, we like to ask about any cabinet member is just how you think about giving as it relates to time and money, both Jewishly, outside of the Jewish community. You know, there's there's only so much time. There's only so much you have to, to give of. You know, cabinet is one of those, both as it relates to time and money. I'm curious about how you think about allocating your time and money. Yeah. So I don't, I don't do a great job of allocating my time, unfortunately, but (laughs) um, as a general matter, that's, that's something that I'm, I'm also trying to figure out um, how exactly I should do better at. But I think um, as it, as it relates to cabinet and giving to the Federation, this is the organization to give to that's solving a lot of our biggest issues. And it, it locally nationally and also throughout the the world um so it's it's giving in a way that you know the money is going to one of hundreds of different issues that we're having at the at the time um at any given time and in any given place even just you know i just went on a federation trip to israel a few months ago which was really incredible with our Los Angeles Federation. And as much as I know, and as much time that I've put into learning the Federation system and exactly where the dollars are going, I learned so much being there and seeing exactly, it meant so much to actually see the dollars go to use. Is there anything specific from your trip to Israel that was particularly memorable? I think, you know, one of the things that we do in cabinet is you're able to experience actually visiting on the ground things that are happening where our dollars and and time and the things we talk about with other people are are happening. Sure. Yeah. This trip was really off the charts um, as far as access and and the things that we were doing. I'll name I'll name a few of them. Number one, I obviously I'll, 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 I could start or end with this. Or I'll start with this. We we had a meeting with Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, um, all of us, and he ended up. I think he spoke to us for like a half hour or something, just sat off the record, sat down and talked with us. And I'm not sure how much that I could or should share about that, but he was really like incredibly genuine, incredibly open, incredibly honest. And I think it just goes to show, you know, and I guess this can, this changes from prime minister to prime minister, but really like how much what we're doing, the work that the Federation is doing um, in North America means to the top leadership in Israel. 
Um, that was that was a huge moment, and being able to have an off the record chat with the prime minister. I I don't know many groups that have opportunities like that. We also and and more about where federation's dollars are going. We had we had a meeting with a food bank that that our, the Los Angeles Federation partners with um, in a big way, and. You know, you hear about this and, and that's one thing, but then to see the recipients of who is getting these services and in this case, the, the food on a on a weekly basis, it's, I mean, it's it's heart wrenching and it's so moving and uh, it really makes you appreciate Federation to a degree that you just couldn't otherwise. I think, you know, meeting the people and seeing the people and hearing from them is is super impactful. So that's that's another thing. And then we also, this is something that I'm I'm really interested in, is what's going on from a security perspective in Israel. Um, and we met with, we went on the border with Lebanon and we got to go into a terror tunnel that Hezbollah built kind of under, um, like connecting into Israel. And it was, the tunnel we saw was the most sophisticated ever, ever built. I mean, we hear a lot about Hamas building tunnels um, from Gaza into Israel, but not a lot about Hezbollah building tunnels from Lebanon, Lebanon and Syria into Israel. And anyway, this was, we, we went with a woman who runs an educational institute that that Federation partners with, um, and she kind of documents exactly what's going on. And even, you know, like the Army, the IDF uses her as a resource. Uh, so we went with her to to see a terror tunnel on the border. Um, and we actually we saw there was a Hezbollah operative on on the border staring at us, like taking photos of us while we were there. And I mean, it was just the whole thing was was totally wild. But really to see how how federation also prioritizes israel's security um and and the work they're doing and the partnerships they're creating with the people who are doing the work on the ground there meant a, a lot to me as we we think about the arc of your life you know from living with your grandfather your father having a passion area as the Holocaust to you getting involved in entertainment law and the art scene, and then going off and starting your own media company really focused on better educating the the Jewish world and connecting it in a way that you felt like was missing. What do you hope your your legacy should be when people look back on the work it is that that you're doing? Um, that's a great question. It scares me, um, but I'll attempt to answer it. This is what I care about the most is is this work and our community and our world and the future of of Israel and the Jewish people. Um, so any any impact that that I can make as far as bringing Jews together, educating Jews, um, and I know it's really it's my focus is really Jewish people, not I mean not really educating the, the non-Jewish world, although that is important. I think leaving a legacy that I, you know, did what I could to give everything that I could to to making the world a safer and more tolerant and more understood place and with more Jewish engagement, like more Jewish literacy about our 
people about our past um, and certainly care about our future is really all I want. Speaking about Judaism, a big part of it is is ritual, and we send out you know through cabinet the Shabbat message as we gear up for the Shabbat message. Are there any uh, special rituals or things that you do holiday Shabbat family that you'd like to share with your Hevra? Lighting the candles has been, I mean, that's a simple one, but it's it's something that I you know no matter where I am because I travel constantly. Um, I'm never, I honestly, I haven't since, um, for the past year, I haven't been in one place for more than a week or maybe 10 days at a time. Um, so wherever I am to be able, and if I'm alone, if I'm with others, you know, it's something that connects me every week is to light the candles and to think about my ancestors and, um, those who were maybe not as lucky as I am um, or as free as, as I am to be able to do this. For any incoming cabinet members or just other cabinet members, do you have any advice? Yeah, I think the time goes by really fast. Um, and of course, we all have uh, a million other obligations um, and, you know, family to attend to and kids and and work and whatnot. But really, it goes a lot faster than you think. Um, and we've been in COVID now two years and that's two years of our cabinet experience. So, so it, it, like everything else, became vir- virtual, which I'm very grateful for. It goes by fast. Try to make the most of it. Try to, you know, attend the events, um, in-person, virtual, whatever it is, um, and take advantage of this incredible group of people that are here who are open and who want to build a community with you and and um, solve issues with you and be friends with you and support you in, in whatever way. I think putting in the time, you're doing something incredible, so really make it worth it. That's one. And for prospective cabinet members, I would say there's really, as far as I know, and I, you know, I'm, I would say I'm very Jewishly engaged. There's nothing else that exists that's quite like this, um, that's going to connect you to such a high level, amazing group of people from all across the country and North America, obviously, uh, not just the country that, that, you're going to have, it's going to change your life and you're going to make friends for life. And it might even change, you know, the path of your life for the better, obviously. So I, I couldn't recommend it enough and I am so grateful to be a part of it. Well, Eden, we're so grateful for your time. I am so grateful for your friendship. I know personally, one of the things that I've taken away from Cabinet is a wider frame and also a personal relationship with Eden uh, that I value really greatly. So I hope everyone found this inspirational, helpful, informative, and we look forward to continuing to share other Hevry stories. Likewise, Zach. Thank you so much. And, and I love being your friend. Shalom. It's Lindsay Glantz. And Aaron Carabell, and we are the 2021-2022 co-chairs of National Young Leadership Cabinet. We hope you enjoyed getting to know our Hevra. Stay tuned for our next installment of Hevra Connect. Through the zooms and the frozen time, leaders step.